I'm so glad that you've tuned in to Betrayal Trauma SOS today. My name is Jenny Brockbank, and I share my own story of betrayal and journey of healing in the hopes that others can find their own recovery fit. I have a question for you. Have you heard about the woman in Egypt who refused to recognize that she was drowning? She was in denial. Denial plagues us all at times. Let's learn why it's an important element to address when healing from betrayal. Let's heal together. I'm so glad that you've chosen to join me today. I appreciate you being here as it shows that you are worth the time, energy, and resources to heal. Sending a virtual high five, a big hug for any huggers, or if you prefer, a head nod in your general direction. Yay for you choosing to heal. Please note that this isn't therapy and I'm not a therapist. This program should not be used in place of professional help. Please seek professional guidance in your situation. I want to give a shout out to listeners in Germany, Canada, and Israel. Thank you for being here with me. I am humbled that my voice is being heard in areas of the world that are so far from my location. It makes us seem a little more connected. Welcome. I source everything that I use so you can listen without taking notes about sources if that's a good fit. Sources are found at the bottom of the episode descriptions and in the listing for each episode on BetrayalTraumaSOS.com. My website also has a new tab for sources that you might like to check out. It includes some helpful video presentations, books, and therapy programs that you might like to look into. What is there right now are some of my favorite sources, and I hope that you will find them beneficial in your recovery as well. One more note, I do have some wonderful interviews lined up. I'm truly excited about them. I've been waiting for a sound booth to be finished before I do that. Stay tuned for some impressive guests that I'm excited to learn from. If you'd like to hear from some impressive experts, I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Betrayal Trauma SOS podcast so that you don't miss what they have to say. Denial. What is it and why do we need to be aware of it? Let's start with a parable as described by Dieter F. Uchtdorf. I feel like this calls for music. Hit it. Quote, well over 100 years ago, an American poet put to rhyme an ancient parable. The first verse of the poem speaks about six men of Indistan, to learning much inclined, who went to see the elephant, though all of them were blind, that each by observation might satisfy his mind. In the poem, each of the six travelers takes hold of a different part of the elephant and then describes to the others what he has discovered. One of the men finds the elephant's leg and describes it as being round and rough, like a tree. Another feels the tusk and describes the elephant as a spear. A third grabs the tail and insists that an elephant is like a rope. A fourth discovers the trunk and insists that the elephant is like a large snake. Each is describing the truth. And because his truth comes from personal experience, each insists that he knows what he knows. Close quote. Sometimes I have been like the blind man, feeling different parts of the elephant, 
I would focus on the good things that I saw and describe various parts of my proverbial elephant for myself and others. The entire elephant representing the whole of my marriage. For instance, maybe my husband would take an afternoon to spend time with our children and I would focus on that. Or I might focus on the fact that he was religious about taking me on dates and opening my doors. I saw that he willingly was with us for family scripture study and prayer. He attended church on Sundays and served in the community. Looking back, I can see that I was focused on a leg and maybe the trunk of my proverbial elephant, but I didn't see and sometimes chose to turn a blind eye to other behaviors and instances that were damaging. I didn't see that my proverbial elephant, which is the big picture of my marriage, was incredibly ill and was very, very near death. From her book, Intimate Deception, Dr. Sherry Keffer says the following, quote, Denial is a form of self-deception. It's what happens when someone is up to their eyeballs in shame. I don't want to admit what I don't want to face. I hide the truth from myself and you. Close quote. The problem is that we can't fix what we can't see. When we live in denial, we can't see the entire elephant or the entire picture. But the full truth is so unappealing that we shield ourselves and others. We paint a picture of a small part that is more beautiful than the entirety of truth. My goal has become to live in truth. However unappealing it may seem, living in truth helps me to have a clear picture so that I can make adjustments in my life. Living in truth takes courage. It can be scary, and when we are honest with our reality, we recognize that brave changes often need to happen. I acknowledge that one of the risks that we take when we are brave enough to look truth in the eye is that we can't unsee it. Living in truth has the power to change everything. It is okay that it might take us a while to get there. As Dr. Sherry Keffer says, it's important to take the first step. When I first began recovery, I had a friend use the blanket analogy, and I've adapted it ever since. It's like we have our favorite cuddly blanket and it helps us feel safe. When the blanket is ripped away, we are often left feeling vulnerable, exposed, and sometimes crushed. I would say that when a large chunk of denial was ripped away from me, I felt nearly naked. It was distressing, and the pain was insidious. From that experience, though, I came to learn the importance of honoring pain. Honoring pain is critical. However, honoring pain from denial has been one of the most beneficial things to help me live in truth. I've noticed that it brings on a grief process, and grief brings healing. From her book, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, by Lisa Turkhurst, she uses a helpful analogy. She says, quote, The feeling of the pain is like a warning light on the dashboard of our car. The light comes on to indicate something is wrong. We can deny it, we can ignore it, we can assume it's a little glitch in the operating panel. We can even go to the mechanic and ask him to turn off that annoying little light. But if he's a good mechanic, he would tell you it's foolish not to pay attention to it. Because if you don't attend to it, you will soon experience a breakdown. The warning light isn't trying to annoy you, it's trying to protect you. Close quote. 
I was fortunate to have a large community to help guide me through the process of facing denial and start learning to live in truth. My community is likely different than yours, but I want to say that shedding denial is one of the most painful experiences of my life. I needed community, and I recommend that others face denial with qualified help. This podcast episode is meant to start people thinking about the path of living in truth, but again, it is not therapy. For those of us who are suffering from trauma, living in truth is crucial because, as is talked about in The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, it is important for us to integrate what has happened to us. I'll let you in on one of the first times that denial started to strip away from me. Hopefully, this will be validating for some. Before I do, though, I need to let you know a belief that I have because it relates to this story. It's okay if my belief doesn't ring true to you, though. I share it for the sake of context. I believe in eternal families, and that what is sealed on earth with proper authority is sealed in heaven as well. Therefore, my belief is that families can be together after death. Here's my story. It was 4 a.m. and I couldn't sleep because I was feeling distressed over issues regarding my husband's addiction. Life was pretty miserable at that point, and I was a mess. I didn't yet have therapy tools, and I didn't know how to cope. To not wake up my family, I sat on the edge of my tub in my bathroom, and to avoid pain, which is the opposite of honoring emotions, by the way, I started scrolling through Facebook. As I was scrolling, I was heartbroken to learn that my friend's husband had died after a long battle with cancer. As I read his obituary, I learned more about the good life that he lived and the way that he faithfully took care of his family. I read about church positions that he had fulfilled well and was in awe at the amazing man that I read about. And then something happened. I felt a shift in me. What was I feeling? I was still terribly sad for my friend, but something else was now in the mix. I started to evaluate and soon realized that I was jealous, plain old jealous. And here's the kicker. I was jealous of a widow. I would have loved to have trade places with a widow at that point. She had an eternal promise, and I wasn't even sure at that point that I wanted to spend eternity with my husband. When I realized that I was jealous of a widow, I surrendered to the pain and found myself sobbing in great heaves on my bathroom floor. Although this was an agonizing experience, I needed to know how severe my situation was. It helped me to realize that I had to wake up and do more to change my situation. When more denial stripped away, I realized that I likely didn't have an eternal marriage at that point anyways. Lisa Turkier said, quote, Pretending away reality never makes things better. It just causes you to implode on the inside while smiling on the outside. That's no way to live. Close quote. Denial had to strip away for me to be willing to face the truth of my life at that time in all of its ugliness. It took courage to see the truth for what it was, but minimizing the hard things was not helpful, and nothing ever changed when I wore blinders. In the group therapy program that I participated in, I learned about the different types of denial and my role in them, because I believe that many people need to face denial under the supervision of a qualified therapist, I don't plan to go into great detail about them. 
I will share one of my most painful yet beneficial times with denial. It was actually the result of a therapy assignment. I had the assignment at one point to create a poster that helped me to see the losses that I had suffered due to my husband's addiction. I drew symbols for each loss. For instance, I drew a clock to represent the loss of time, and I drew a dollar bill to represent the loss of money. My poster board was filled with drawings that represented losses from my husband's addiction. Seeing them all together was somewhat shocking, and presenting them to my compassionate group therapy friends was more difficult than I realized. I was completely unprepared for what would follow next. Grief struck in such a severe way that I was nearly incapacitated. It was not the type of loss where someone brings you dinner. No one had actually died, but my state was every bit as severe as if I was mourning a death. I was, after all, mourning the death of what I had believed my marriage was. My therapist, Rob Chittister, had given me wise counsel to honor emotions, and I decided that this was a good time to experiment with this advice. While I did some things to take care of my family, for the most part, I was a lump on my couch for about two weeks. I mourned what I had lost, which included myself in many, many ways. I mourned each of the losses, and I did so this time with the Savior. The beautiful part is this. It was as if he was there holding my hand the entire time. At the end of these two weeks, it was as if the Savior took my hand and pulled me up. In many ways, I was still me, but I was different as well. I was able to see more clearly and to honor myself in new ways. My relationship with the Savior was deeper, and the healing that I received at that time was more meaningful than previous times, when he had wiped my tears and quickly stood me on my feet. What I am trying to say, and hopefully getting across, is that there was value in denial falling away. While I didn't want my reality to be truth, it was truth. To only look at the beautiful things in my life was to live a lie. I no longer wanted to play a role in a painted smile world. It was too exhausting. One might think and perhaps hope that facing denial is an event. Certainly it was an event in the circumstances that I've mentioned. However, it oftentimes is more subtle than that. The deeper I dig, the more denial I find in myself. And when I am willing to live in truth, the more authentically I can live my life. Remember the connection that Dr. Sherry Keffer made between denial and shame? Here's the most critical part of that, in my opinion. As we face denial, I hope that we find hidden reserves of self-compassion. When shame feasts on more shame, the flame grows, but large doses of self-compassion is the antidote. It's infinitely more effective to love our way into truth, applauding the courage it takes to face the ugliness that truth sometimes is. It was brave of you to join me today. Denial is hard to face, and you have taken a brave step in the direction of truth. I'm excited about next week's episode on boundaries. Boundaries help me get my life back, and they continue to be a critical element in my healing from betrayal trauma. I can't wait to share with you some of my favorite thoughts and resources on boundaries. Remember to subscribe so that you don't miss it. I'm also excited to gift a Betrayal Trauma SOS First Aid Kit to someone, 
and would love for it to be you. I draw that winner May 19th of 2020. You can enter to win on Facebook. Betrayal Trauma SOS is on Instagram, Facebook, BetrayalTraumaSOS.com, and the meditations are found on YouTube. Let's heal together.